It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. I think we've, uh, you, you know, we've we've found ways, different ways to win. I think uh, um, sometimes when we're not at our best. We're finding a way to get points, whether that's goaltending or special teams one night or you know, someone stepping up. I think that's a little bit of a different mindset than we had last year. I think, uh, um, you know, I think we've handled adversity well. I thought, you know, there's things that happened during the season. We've talked about that before the COVID and. Uh, we've had heavy travel and, and played some uh, a tough. I think our first quarter of this season could be the toughest as anybody has in this league. And, uh, um, you know, so I'm happy with the way we've just we came out of camp with our start, battled through some adversity. And, you know, now we're starting to get a little bit of uh, scoring in the bottom part of our lineup. I think it can only help. But we definitely got to find ways to produce more goals. That's what we, we know that. And that's, you know, power play, um, which was going earlier in the season. And, you uh, and, you know, and just getting contributions throughout the lineup. All right. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the buildup. That was Bob Bugner bringing us in, talking about the Sharks and what they've been doing up to this point of the season. We are building you up, obviously, for this day's game against the Devils in New Jersey. We will be joined by Corey Massasak to talk big picture on the Devils. But for now, a look at what is happening around the league. The potent Colorado Avalanche are getting even more potent with Nathan McKinnon set to return to the lineup. When the Avs take on the Leafs tomorrow, the center has missed the past eight games with a lower body injury sustained back on the 6th of November. Colorado was 7-1-0 while McKinnon was out of the lineup. Not bad. After visiting the Leafs, the Avs will play the Senators, the Flyers, and then the Rangers. Evgeny Malkin skated with the Pittsburgh Penguins for the first time this year on Monday. He has not played since having knee surgery back on the 4th of June. He was wearing a non-contact jersey after skating on his own for the past two weeks. The Pens are 10-7-5 up to this point of the season. The Boston Bruins have placed head coach Bruce Cassidy in the COVID-19 protocol. He will not coach against the Red Wings. Assistant coach Joe Saka will. At least that's the plan at this point. The Edmonton Oilers canceled their Tuesday practice for precautionary reasons. After at least one player was put in the COVID-19 protocol, they are currently set to host the Penguins on Wednesday. The Panthers' Alexander Barkov practiced for the first time yesterday since he suffered a lower body injury against the Islanders on the 16th. He wore a non-contact jersey and did not take part in line rushes. He also spent 40 minutes skating before the start of practice. He had 17 points in 15 games up to the point of the injury. And it is being learned that the Devils will have Jack Hughes back on the ice tonight. He had missed the last 17 games with a dislocated jersey. For more on the Devils, we are now joined by Corey Massasak, who covers the Devils for The Athletic. Corey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well, man. Just excited to watch uh, these two teams go head-to-head because we've obviously uh, had a little bit of a view of this up to this point of the year. And it's actually, in terms of the... uh, the Sharks games of this year, I feel like it was sandwiched in the midst of, you know, guys, you know, coming back from COVID and, you know, all sorts of different storylines that were going on with the San Jose Sharks. And I feel like I, I, when I try to digest that game, I still feel like I don't, 
I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, you know? Yeah, that was, I think that was, I think the Sharks had six or seven guys missing from that game. Yeah. It was, and, um, yeah, and obviously, like, the the Devils, they they were they had a couple people missing. Obviously, they, they haven't had Jack Hughes since the second game of the year, but, um, yeah, that was, it was an interesting game. It was one where I didn't, I didn't think the Devils played particularly well for most of it, uh, but they've had, they've had some games like that this year where they've not necessarily like I think in years past they've just they either had their A game and they played well or mm-hmm. they just did not or they lost there was really <laughs> just no in between that was like a, a theme and whereas this year they've actually found a way to win some games where they weren't that good so maybe that's a sign of change yeah and some impressive wins in there like against Florida and against uh, uh, Tampa Bay so I mean what's the what's the 30,000 view up to this point about what you've seen uh, with this team yeah, I think honestly, I think both teams have been pretty similar, right? Like their their records are pretty similar, and they've both been missing people. And I think they're both kind of in a similar like, hey, we'd like to hang around this playoff chase as long as we can. Um, kind of just kind of a vibe between both teams. Um, yeah, the Devils have like, like they, they've they've had you're right. They they had a a great comeback against Tampa Bay. They had a the, the Florida game was probably maybe the best game start to finish mm-hmm. that they've played. Um, and they've they've also just had some some just some weird nights off, I guess. But but and generally speaking, like they're they're, I think the best way to put it is they've been okay. And like the fact <laughs> that they the fact that they've been okay despite not having both goalies at one point early in the season, despite only having you know their best forward for essentially a game and a period. They even Dougie Hamilton even missed a few games. Like the, the the fact that they're they've been okay to this point is is a success story for them. It's interesting to watch that because. You know, the the NHL right now, it seems like for whatever reason that it may be, whether it's, you know, a, a, a team like Ottawa that has suddenly as its second and third centers go down or the various teams that are having COVID outbreaks, the NHL is putting teams in a position where they get to see a lot about their organizational depth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Devils had their, uh, you know, they had a, a, a massive COVID outbreak last year. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, there, I don't. I, w- I wouldn't say that they're not concerned about COVID this year because they've added a bunch of new players, and almost I think all of the players that they've added did not, have never had it. So they're still, you know, that that's still looming. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, they've definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that they've did this year was that they've sort of remade the defense core over the over the course of between the trade deadline last year and the off season, uh, adding Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves from Colorado, and then Jonas Siegenthaler from Washington. That's that's really been the biggest thing probably also signing Jonathan Bernier in the mm-hmm. off season to give them a, a, a solid, like one, a one B in goal. Uh, it's just, a, it's just a very different thing for this team to be uh, able to just kind of hang around. Like they, they had, they've had so many games over the past two or three years where they just get their doors blown off. And then it's <laughs> sort of like, um, you know, like they, they sort of tried to establish this thing where they wanted to be more competitive last year and they didn't, they didn't win, you know, they didn't, they didn't improve in the standings really at all last year, but they you could see there was just, there was just something a little bit different about the team. They were, they were more competitive. It wasn't, there weren't, there weren't a bunch of six to ones and seven to ones. And, and so I think they've maybe carried some of that over to this year in, in Lindy Ruff's second year where now they have, you know, a, a real NHL defense. Mm-hmm. And and so they, that just that alone gives them the ability to, you know, and a game in the previous years when, you know, they weren't playing very well, it was four, one 
you know, in the second period. Now, now it's two to one and now they still have a chance. It is all about giving yourself a chance to win. And, you know, you talk about establishing the identity of being more competitive is, I mean, you point to the, to the defense group, but I mean, is it, is it overall, did the team kind of take on more of a, I don't know, just a different mentality when it came to trying to keep themselves in games as opposed to, like you said, getting the doors blown off? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I, I think that there's really, it's it's been, they've just said it, they, I feel like if you just say something over and over and over again, you hope that, you know, that the players on the team uh, kind of buy in. So they've, you know, really from the la- the end of last season, it's th- actually, it, it, the funny thing is, I think it kind of started with Jack Hughes. He was like the first person in the organization to really, kind of really stand up and say, look, you know, we're, we're, we're going to win next year. We're, 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 we're done losing all the time and we're, we're going to compete for mm-hmm. a playoff spot next year. And then everybody else kind of like saw that, you know, like, and maybe they had all been talking about that, you know, internally, but he was really the first one externally to say it. And then the GM agreed and then the coach agreed and then uh, Nico, he the captain captain agreed and just kind of went from there. And so that's been their, you know, the kind of the mantra has just been, look, we're, they're going to, try to compete for a playoff spot this year they've been rebuilding for basically the better part of the last six years and you know so i think i think some of that has you know like the points matter like it really really matters if they can still you know be down three one in the third period and score two goals and lose in overtime like that that matters to them way more than maybe that it has in years past when you whether you want to admit it or not as a player you you know that the organization isn't really worried about that point Mm -hmm. that night you know, now they, now they are. I'm curious how have fans taken to it because, you know, in terms of areas of the country, um, you know, it's relatively comparable because if a team, you know, in that whole metropolitan area is bad, somebody can spend their entertainment money on something else, whether it's going to be, you know, the Knicks or whether it's going to be, you know, the Jets or whether it's going to be, you know, the Yankees, whatever it's going to be. It's very much like the Bay Area. If the Sharks are bad, they've got the Giants, the 49ers, the Warriors, the A's. You know, I mean, it's just it feels like it's every team has to rebuild obviously, but it's, it seems like it's so much harder to do from a different viewpoint in markets like the Bay area and the greater New York metropolitan area than it is compared to, you know, I'm not picking on Columbus, but it's just, it's a different market. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I do think they've, you know, they've certainly felt the weight of that. Like they've, their attendance has not been, um, you know, even like, let's say before the pandemic started, the attendance probably wasn't, you know, where they wanted it to be. I think it's been pretty slow coming back. Uh, you know, and I think part of that is, you know, like the, you know, the diehards are super excited about the fact that they've added Dougie Hamilton and the fact that, the, you know, the Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and Dawson Mercer, and you can sort of see this thing happening. But until it actually starts happening, I think a lot of the, you know, the sort of the, the, the meat of the fan base is, is still just sort of waiting because, you know, they've, they, this team has had some off seasons where they've you know added some players and it was like, OK, here it is. And then <laughs> they fell flat on their face. So, so, so uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think they, there's, you know, there's certainly an acknowledgement here that, you know, the they've, you it's not necessarily a. Uh, you know, just expect the fans to be here. Like you need to earn, you need to earn their, their money basically, right? Like you, you need, you need to win. You need to, you know, show that you're going to win consistently. And, and then everyone, you know, sort of rallies around that. In terms of, you know, when I watch the sharks right now, there's a good version of the sharks team that's on the ice. Sometimes and other times there is a not as good version 
that's on the ice. Um, is, does it feel like you're able to identify pretty quickly when when this team is having a good game or a bad game? Or are you saying like, ah, oh, that's that's the Devils that everybody wants to see, as opposed to that's the Devils that people do not want to see? Yeah, I think they, you know, they they have a they have a team that's pretty small up front. Let's uh, the four the forwards are pretty small. They, they've gotten much bigger on defense, and I, and Lindy Ruff has lamented the fact that um, he sometimes there just isn't enough. He uses all those hockey buzzwords like compete level and battle level and 50-50 pucks and all those things. You can <laughs> you can just sort of tell pretty early on. In, like there was a game the other night in Nashville where it was like seven minutes in. And I think they had maybe completed one pass in the offensive zone. And it was like, so I mean, that was maybe an extreme example, but they have had games where you can just sort of feel that they're not, whenever, whenever they're playing well, they have the puck a lot. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're very much a transition team, but they also find ways to kind of get it in there and just sort of spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. So you can sort of see, um, you know, if there's like, it's a total 13, 14 minutes into the first period and they've got four shots on that and they just haven't really had a whole lot of a time with the puck that, you know, this is maybe going to be one of those nights. Now that said, though, probably the most of the biggest reason why they've been able to steal points this year and stay in the playoff race is that they've got 30 goals. I think 30 of their 56 goals have been in the third period or in overtime. So really? they've, they've definitely, they've, they've become kind of this, you know, they've had multiple, multiple multi-goal third period comebacks. And so they're, you know, this is sort of their, <laughs> like I said, is it the fact that, you know, whenever they get to the second intermission, if, as long as it's two to one and not four to one or five to one or whatever, they, they feel like they've got a shot. Yeah. I mean, are they embracing that or is there any kind of acknowledgement of that? Do they, have they talked about it? Cause I know sometimes teams don't want to talk about that, the comeback nature that might be in part, a part of their DNA, but you know, I I knew there were some good comebacks. I didn't realize the thirty multi or goals that are coming in the third period or later. I mean, that's that's remarkable. Yeah, I, I think it's it's like a double edged sword, right? Like they're you, you know, they're happy to have that ability to sort of turn it on when they need it, but at the same time, it's uh, you know I'm sure the coaching staff would like to see it a little more in the first forty minutes. And if then if they could play with some of the some of the sense of urgency that they have in that in that time frame, um, then that would certainly you know, they, they certainly feel like, on, on one hand, they have they have certainly stolen, let's say, four or five points this year that that maybe they didn't deserve. But they've also they've, there's been games where they feel like they've left mm-hmm. some on the table too. In terms of what you're expecting to see in this game, and I'll be uh, transparent, this is being recorded on Monday afternoon, airing before the game on Tuesday afternoon here in the Bay Area, evening on the East Coast. What are you uh, What are you looking for? What are some of the things that uh, you expect to see, or do you think that you can't? really even judge it off of what you saw previously because that last matchup, the sharks were, uh, were shorthanded. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably the first thing I'm looking forward to seeing is, is just, you know, what, how are they going to match up with, with like a healthy sharks team or Mm -hmm. like a team, you know, certainly a closer to full health sharks team. Um, I mean, there's one thing that the one big thing that everybody's sort of monitoring here is that um, Jack Hughes is like getting, I think, Lindy Ruff used the term very close uh, to returning from his shoulder injury. And I, I would be very surprised if it's tomorrow night, hmm. uh, Tuesday night, but, uh, but it's, it's certainly happening. It's going to happen here like pretty, pretty soon. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things I had asked a couple of the players about the other day was, you know, do, do they have to guard against sort of letting up because like, Oh, Hey, you know, Jack is back. Our best player is back <laughs> now. Now he can, now he can handle the load or whatever. So, 
um, you know, I, it, I'm sort of interested to see how that goes over the next couple of games. Now that we're sort of, it's been six weeks or whatever it's been. And now that it's the kind of at the finish line, are they going to have like kind of a let up because they're, they think that, you know, like the, the guy who was like their best offensive player is coming back. <laughs> Should be interesting one for sure. Corey, really appreciate your time and your work and I hope we can do it again soon, man. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Again, that was Corey Massasak of The Athletic joining us here on The Buildup as we get ready for today's game between the Sharks and the Devils. We wanted to go over some sound coming out of morning skate today. This is what Kevin LeBanc had to say about the struggles with the power play. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they, we just haven't really been getting much shots through. And then, uh, you know, uh, we haven't really been executing uh plays in zone uh to possess the puck a little bit more so i think that we need to get shots through and uh make sure that we execute you know get shots on that and then get bodies in that and then uh, create those second chances and also when you're breaking in breaking with possession because uh you know it's uh, it's a lot harder for the pk to get the puck uh, when you have full control and bob bugner weighed in on the power play as well you know we definitely got to simplify it and, and you know we we get into Chicago and you have some chances where you have to, you know, we finally relieve the pressure and we get the puck and, you know, you throw it away or you make a bad play. And I think uh, um, we got to have some sustained time and we got to get in and, and, you know, move it around for 20, 30 seconds and wear them down. Yeah. We want to establish a shot early. That's not going to change. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're on the power play, you can't just be a one and done team and you're chasing the puck. I mean, it's just, it doesn't work that way. You have to spend some time and, uh, uh, and, and make better plays. Got to relieve pressure this team tonight. They pressure hard on their penalty kill. Um, and we're going to have to make sure that, you know, we're moving the puck quick. Those are things we talked about. We worked on it yesterday, um, you know, and uh, uh, we have no one front right now uh, with Weatherby being out. So a little bit of different personnel, but um, something we really worked on yesterday in practice. Bugner had also alluded to potentially making some changes to his defensive pairings. He offered this. Well, I just thought that we uh, could move pucks a little cleaner. I thought that we, uh, you know, I don't want, you know, early in the game in Chicago, we didn't jump the check. And it's something we talked about between the first and second period. We allowed them to roll around our our, our zone too much. And uh, I wasn't happy um, with some of the personnel and, 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 you know, letting that happen. So uh, we, we discussed it and, and the message was loud and clear. We got better as the game went on. But, uh, um, you know, our starts haven't been great. And, and that's really what I want to concentrate on tonight. And it starts with our back end, moving the puck, making easy plays, not turning pucks over, managing it. And, you know, eliminating time and space in our own end. And that's really, uh, we need to we need to have that mentality when the puck drops. He said, though, that he would not be making any defensive changes, at least for this game against New Jersey. Looking at the Sharks right now, they enter the day fifth in the Pacific Division with 11 wins, nine losses, and one overtime loss, 23 points. They are one point back of fourth place Vegas, two points back of third place Anaheim, seven points back of second place Edmonton, and eight points back of first place Calgary. Scores from around the NHL last night, the Kraken now sitting in second to last place above Vancouver, beat the Sabres 7-4. They've won two in a row. Vancouver, they did get a win, but still sit in last place in the division. 2-1 over Montreal. The Coyotes were 1-0 winners over the Jets. And Calgary, a shootout win over the Penguins 2-1. Coming up this afternoon, the Red Wings are in Boston visiting the Bruins. 
The Washington Capitals are in Florida taking on the Panthers. The Blues play host to the Lightning at 5. The Predators are watching the Blue Jackets come to town at 5 as well. Also at 5, the Coyotes are in Minnesota taking on the Wild. The Hurricanes are visiting Dallas at 5.30. And it's a battle for Southern California when the Ducks visit L.A. to take on the Kings. And of course, at 4 o'clock with our pregame coverage starting at 3.30, it is your San Jose Sharks looking to make it two wins in a row as they visit the New Jersey Devils. Remember to join Dan Rusinowski for all the action. Again, pregame coverage starting at 3.30, the game broadcast starting at 4. And of course, I will see you all tomorrow morning for Morning Tide as we look back at tonight's game against New Jersey. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.